Hello, and welcome to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. I'm joined, as always, by Greg. Hey there. And today, we're going to have our digital game special. So, we are going to be talking about the games that let you connect even when you're really far away. To start off, let's talk a little bit about the digital supplements to games, because though it's not the main focus of what we're talking about today, we did want to mention them. Right. These are some really interesting developments. You know, there's always been sort of a sometimes unspoken, sometimes very loudly spoken tension between board games and video games. But in the last couple of years, I think we've noticed board games sort of take advantage of the digital opportunities that they have, especially now that everyone has a mobile device in their pocket. So in some cases, this is official. You think about a game like Alchemists, where, you know, you can technically use that little cardboard you know, mix and match binder that they provide you with in the board, but it's way easier if you just sync everyone's phone to, oh, these are the the mixes that we're going to be mm-hmm. playing with. Similarly, a game like Werewolf has the, you know, the app where you can select, okay, these are the roles that are in the game, and then it will go through and read off what the prompts are for those roles, which, you know, given our friend group, people have probably memorized those prompts by now, but in other gaming groups, especially with the expansions, you know, you've got 10, 12 different special roles at a time in a game, and it just gets to be overwhelming. So those are obviously very useful. Yeah, and there are also actually some games that are coming out that rely completely on the apps. So XCOM, the board game, I don't think you can actually play that without the app, or if, if you can, it's completely unfeasible. And the other one, actually from our, one of our favorite designers, The First Martian which is coming out from Portal Games, that's also going to be completely reliant on apps. There are also other things which are the unofficial aftermarket type apps, which perform a service that is very useful for playing a game, but it's not officially done by the company. So apps like that, we talked about Betrayal at the House on the Hill, which is just the app that lets you keep track of all your character stats. A lot easier than the finicky little plastic pieces that are on the actual cards. Right. Dominion, choosing the different decks that you're going to be able to use when you have all the expansions, it can be really difficult to get a balanced one. So they have these choosing apps that help you figure out which one is the balanced mix. And then you also have things like scoring apps for Seven Wonders or other more complex scoring games which help you keep track of who's scoring how much and do all the math for you so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, And the last one, I've plugged this many times before, Chawazi. And this is the one where you just choose the first player in this or choose teams and anything like that. It's pretty awesome. Everyone just puts their finger on your phone and it chooses one of them to be uh, the first player. He really does love that app. Yes, I do. But now let's move on to the meat of the episode, where we're talking about the actual digital versions of games that you could play with your friends. Right. So these are just full-blown apps. They're versions of games that have been completely digitized. So one of the examples, Ticket to Ride, available for $1.99 on Android devices. All of the games that we mention are actually going to be Android devices, simply because that's what we have. Though most of these, if not all of them, also have iOS versions. So iOS has been traditionally more inclusive with the board game apps, and it's usually the one that they release on first. So I would be very surprised if any of these apps were not on iOS. 
We just don't know the prices per se. Yeah, which I mean, you know, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're bad consumer advisors, but hopefully you enjoy us talking about games. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Ticket to Ride is one of them. Then we have games like Suburbia for four ninety nine. It's a game that a lot of people really enjoy. Uh, about like the different placement and all that, and it works pretty well from what I've seen uh, in digital format. You have Pandemic. It's really cool that they actually put that on, onto the uh, digital uh, format because now you can play with other people and just and you don't have to carry a big board game around. Right. And uh, you can play with people. I think pretty sure that a lot of these, if not most of them, do uh, let you play with other people across um, distances, so through the in- online and everything like that. Yeah, and that's one of the, the really useful things about it, both from a perspective of it allows you to keep in touch with friends. You know, you can add people to your friends list in most of these games. They have that functionality, and you can say, hey, you know, Jacob, I'm in Texas right now. You're in New York, but let's play a game of Pandemic together. And you can do that, but also a lot of them give you the opportunity to just connect to a random game mm-hmm. and play with strangers, which can be really useful for, you know, people talk a lot about going to your local game store and finding a group to game with, but one, that can be intimidating for people just from, you know, a, a socialization standpoint. You know, it's it's tough to go out and meet new people and talk to new people face-to-face. But then also, you know, I have a lot of friends who live in Oklahoma where it can be, you know, an hour, hour and a half drive to get to the nearest game store. So apps like this really give you a great opportunity to play some of your favorite games and not have to get people to table all the time and just enjoy the experience of the game itself. Yeah. Again, just to check, though, be sure to read the app description before installing any of these, thinking that, oh, I'm going to be able to play with my friends, because there are some of these that do not let you play over the internet. The nice part about that, though, is that you don't need other people to play against. So games like Carcassonne, you can either play Hot Seat or you can play against the computer, and you can choose the different difficulties, and I've played a lot of that, and it also helps a lot because it scores everything right there, so you don't have to worry about the scoring. Mm Mm-hmm. And that one is available for $4.99 on the Android App Store. Then you have Small World 2, which is, for all intents and purposes, the exact same thing as Small World. Right. They were just being clever. They were just being clever, and they were just you know adding the two in there. There, there might be a few tweaks. I haven't really compared the two, but it's the same game, as far as I can tell. You also have a few games that are for free. So you have Star Realms. Right, and Star Realms is absolutely fantastic, uh, you know, very similar to Ascension, which is also available via an app. And uh, for free. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, get those those card drafting games. But Star Realms is completely free, and one of the great things about Star Realms is, you know, we mentioned sort of that single player, you can play against a computer. Star Realms actually comes with a campaign mode where you're playing, you know, the same basic game, but you've got these sort of special scenarios where... Okay, you both start with extra health, and then, you know, the enemy follows certain special rules where instead of drawing cards, then whenever they purchase a thing, they deal damage to you. You know, all these all these special fancy things, but it really changes some of the flavor and allows you to have a fun solo experience. I know um, Star Realms has a campaign mode, and so does, I believe, the digital version of Castles of Mad King Ludwig has a campaign mode yes it does and it actually is really cool because a lot of these are challenges of you know can you get to placing this many uh, rooms in like this smaller area that will get you this many points or something like that and sometimes you'll be against another player sometimes it'll just be you 
And the the nice part about Castles of Magdalene Ludwig in the digital edition, it's one of those games that I actually sort of prefer the digital uh, one because there are so many pieces in the actual game that when you're playing it digitally, you don't have to set up, you don't have to take down, and the challenges make it interesting so you can play it and gain stars and go along this path of becoming the master builder in, in the universe of Mad King Ludwig, where you're going and building for all these different barons at first, and then the very end is you get to build for the Mad King himself. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. It works really well and lets you challenge, you know, I, if you only have a certain amount of money, so you know that you have to complete certain rooms to get money to then be able to buy more rooms and things like that. And it's a really nice puzzle along with the actual game itself. So the campaign modes can be really great. Right. And you mentioned Castles was one that you actually preferred to play digitally. There's a a couple others of those, one of which I know is Ascension, for some of the same sorts of reasons. You know, you've got various, you know, pieces to keep track of, the little point scoring, but then also it's just much more, at least in my experience playing with the, the digital version of Ascension, it's much more reliably randomized. You know, you don't have pockets of void where somebody just put their whole deck back into the into the deck and it didn't quite get shuffled properly so it's it just leads to a more consistent game experience yeah plus uh, you can also play with a lot of the expansions that you don't have physically so that's another really good thing about a lot of these is that you can play with things that you don't actually own yourself so uh, usually they are dlc so a lot of them don't come together with the app but you know, for a dollar or two more. Ticket to Ride, unfortunately, is one of those that you have to pay like two to like six dollars per additional map, but you know, that's just how it I is. I mean, that's mobile gaming. Yeah, that's mobile gaming. At least you're getting the full game experience once you purchase it. You don't have to do any microtransactions. Another game that I wanted to mention that uh, is actually a lot better as an app than it is in person, which I actually started playing as an app. Mm. And then I played it in person, and that's Elder Sign. So it's available for $3.99 on Android, and it works so well as an app. And then I learned how to play it. It was good. It was smooth. It went really quickly. And then I opened the box. Gamers has this. So I opened the box and went to set it up, and I was looking at it like, oh, my God, how many pieces are here? It was just like... (laughs) a flood of tiny chits like or we talk about betrayal as having a lot right it's nothing compared to elder sign i i don't think i want to play this game anymore it's a fun game but i would play it digitally 100 percent. i never touched it again after i played it once in person but i do still turn it on every once in a while and play it digitally because it is still a lot of fun the flavor is cool it's a cthulhu type game but it works so much better on mobile because you don't have to worry about all those chits. You don't have to worry about all these little pieces, sorting them and figuring out where they go and all that. It just, it, it really streamlines the game. Hmm. Galaxy Trucker is actually another one that I, that I only played really on the app. And that's one where the time matters. So it's a timed game where you know, you're trying to build your spaceship as, as everyone else is building, grabbing from the center pile and like doing that. And I think that it works a lot better on the app because uh, you see the time, you also can really figure out where everything goes and you know which ones you picked up and everything. And it's not as confusing, it's not as messy as, as it is in person. 
and everything also fits together because it's a tile game so it just snaps to the place rather than having to like you know put it there and then knocking something accidentally and everything goes flying right it's just a game that works very very well digitally Mm -hmm. one of the games that while we were researching this i discovered was digital which surprised me was coup Um, Mm -hmm. because when i think of coup i think of social deduction and you know if you're playing via an app it's much much harder to get a sense you know you can't look someone in the eye and say okay are they bluffing about what role they have but it does force you to think in sort of different ways you know with coup there's always the ability to almost count cards you know you can say okay what's been called what hasn't who's taken what and so i feel like it leads to a different play experience where when you play in person you're going to be playing much more of a social deduction sort of game whereas when you play the the app the digital version it's probably going to lead to a much more mechanical focus you're going to think about okay what are the numbers here and what are the mechanics that underlie what everybody's claiming and i imagine it leads to a very interesting change in game experience and that's actually what i've noticed a lot in the way that people play games like i know some people who've played ascension both in person and in the app and some of them actually half of them enjoy playing it in the app more than they do on the table, whereas the other half enjoys playing it on the table more than uh, in the app. And that's mostly because of the fact that on the, at the table, you can see more about what other people are doing. You can still see that in the app, but you don't really pay attention as much. You mm-hmm. almost feel like you're playing a single-player game, even if you are playing with other people. Right. So that really does give you a little bit of a barrier between you and whoever you're playing with and does make board games unfortunately a little bit less social true that's the unfortunate part but i mean it's still probably better to play with someone on the ascension app rather than not play it at all true another game that i want to go back to a little bit that i've played a lot is carcassonne so carcassonne is available for 4.99 on the android play it's a lot of fun and one of the great great things i think about it that if you really enjoy carcassonne or you think you want to get into Carcassonne, it really teaches you the nuances of the scoring. So that's one of the things for Carcassonne where people don't really understand the, the different farms and things like that. The app really lets you calculate all that, shows you like, you know, oh, you did this, oh, this is why this happens and all that. And it also has the uh, pass and play mechanic. So you can play with other people while you're in the car, for example. Or you're traveling with someone on the airplane and you're sitting next to them. You just put it up on, on your phone, boom, 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 pass between the person and, and yourself and you're playing a board game, which normally you wouldn't be able to do. It also has the benefit of not allowing you to play any places that you are not allowed to because sometimes, <laughs> I know that it's happened to me multiple times in, in Carcassonne that I'll play somewhere and then like 10 turns later, we're like, wait a minute, how did that that piece get there? And then that you is have completely to illegal. You either backtrack or there's literally no way you can backtrack, so you just leave it there and it's like, well, we don't even remember who placed it. So <laughs> in general, that's usually a good thing that it helps teach you how to do these kinds of things in the game. Right, and that's definitely uh, an advantage, uh, again, going back to Ascension, you know, Ascension has a lot of complexity to it. There's lots of synergies involved in the cards, and you kind of have to know what are the possibilities that you can run into in order to know whether something's worth purchasing or where, you know whether you'd prefer to simply pass on it. So playing via the app is a great way to learn 
okay, these are what cards work well together. This is what a finely tuned deck looks like. And maybe then next time you play in person, you're just killing it because you've had all this practice and you've, you've learned the strategies without having to just play against yourself or play against a goldfish. Exactly. So a lot of these ones, there are a few others that we have written down. Alhambra, which is on uh, Google Play for two ninety nine, Twilight Struggle, which is actually interesting. I'm pretty sure that you could play that one against someone else. It's a very heavy strategy game. That would be very intense. Yeah, so that's awesome. That's on Google Play for four ninety nine, And Kingdom Builder, uh, which is also pretty cool. I know that I really enjoy that game. I think that you could at least do pass and play on that one also available for $2.99. So I would just take a look and see if your favorite board game is actually in app form anywhere because there are a lot and there are more and more coming out. And it's really nice to have your games in app form because sometimes you just can't get to the table. Uh, you don't have anyone to play with for a while and you just have that itch of playing a board game. And you can either play with a friend of yours who's you know, far away, or you just play play against a computer, which is also, you know, still fun, still get to play the mechanics of the game and learn a little bit more about them. And most of these apps are really well done, and it's not a shoddy, you know, app or anything like that. The ones that I've played, the ones that I've seen have been really thoughtfully done. The shortcuts were taken in the right places. So, Definitely. Uh, instead of chits or anything like that it'll give you the counters or like it'll just like count it for you rather than having to actually use it in that way but there are actually other game services which are cool that give you all those chits and everything like that there are really two of them and these are what we like to call virtual tabletops and the two that i know of that are pretty much the two best are tabletopia and tabletop simulator right and now this is a physics engine that puts you into a table and gives you all the pieces of the game and says, play. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, there's no better way to describe it than that. You know, you, you go into a lobby, you basically say, I want to play this game. And then you open in uh, Tabletopia, it's called a room, I believe in Tabletop Simulator, it's just called a game. But you, you open it up and people can join or you can invite people to play with you. These are both on Steam. Yes. Uh, so you can just invite your Steam friends that way. At least for Tabletopia, they do not have to own the actual uh, Tabletopia game. Well, there you go. And they can just go into any browser and play it versus Tabletop Simulator. I'm not 100% sure if that's the case. Right. But so you, you go into this lobby and then you're literally just presented with a digital replica of the game. It's not even a version. It's just all of the tiles and all of the cards and everything is there for you to interact with and... You, you know, move your cursor over them and you can right-click to draw, right-click to shuffle, right-click to roll dice, all that sort of thing. And it's very physics-based and you can see it in real time and you can pan around the pan around the game board. And I know for a tabletop simulator, it's actually VR capable. Mm -hmm. So you can just play a game as though you were there using this, this completely digital engine. Yeah. Now, the selection is also a big difference between, I think, the two of them. Yeah. So Tabletopia is my preferred choice because of the fact that you have 300-plus games on there. They have two, two classes of games. They have either premium games or regular games. And both of these are mostly hobby games. So all of the regular games you can play for free, just making an account and playing either in browser or on Steam or anything like that. 
It just, you go in there, you play, and you don't have to pay anything. Even one person decides to pay for their monthly premium service, which is something that I do because I really like the service. You get to play any of their games, including the premium games, with anyone else. So you start a room, you send the link to anyone, and they get to play in that room whatever game you want to play. And that gives you access to 300 plus games. It is a subscription service, so you do have to pay on a monthly basis. But it's really not that much. So, if especially if you're very uh, often like far away from your friends, far away from game group, very worthwhile thing to, to buy. Right. And then Tabletop Simulator, on the other hand, uses a, a slightly different model. They've got core selection of what they call classic games. So these are things that everybody knows: chess, checkers, poker, all that sort of thing that are free to play for for anyone. But then in order to play any of, you know, what we would consider the hobby games, sort of the more contemporary games, you actually have to pay for each of those individually. And so accordingly, we suspect that's the reason that Tabletop Simulator actually has a much smaller selection of games. We suspect that there are just fewer publishers who are interested in putting their games on Tabletop Simulator because there's that much more of a, a barrier to access. So fewer people get the opportunity to try out those games and then say, oh, hey, maybe this is worth picking up a physical copy of. But that's purely speculation on our part, and it's just a different model. Yeah, and I mean, they do have the, the fan-made games. So in those Team Workshop and that kind of stuff, uh, they have fan mods of, that make those games in Tabletop Simulator. Hmm. And I believe that Steam still has it so that mods uh, and that kind of stuff cannot be paid. So you have to actually give them for free. So there are there is a selection there, but again, that's fan made. That is not officially sanctioned by the the game designers or anything like that. Whereas on Tabletopia, all of the games there are either programmed by the game companies themselves or by someone from that game company. So they actually put them up. Another cool thing is that actually quite a few Kickstarters have started to use the Tabletopia when they want to show the gameplay, they'll put it up in Tabletopia and key, and have it like open for backers or for people that are looking to back the game to try it out in that way because it's almost like a pre-production copy and version of the game that you know you can sit down and play digitally and everyone can sit down and play digitally rather than like have a print and play or anything like that. And all the changes that they make can all be put in the game immediately and that kind of stuff. So it's being used to pretty great effect in that way. I know Scythe was on their pre-production. There were a lot of other games that when they're on Kickstarter that either say that they're going to be on Tabletopia or that they already are for you to test out. Yeah, honestly, I mean, from a, a game design and game publishing standpoint, this seems like a pretty big game changer. Exactly. Definitely a really good thing to look at, especially if your game group is further away. It can be played in browser and it's... A very well-made tool and it really feels pretty intuitive when you're moving pieces around and all that kind of stuff though speaking of in browser there's a few other things available that you can use to play board games across distances or with just random people and one of them is board game arena and these are just games that are pretty much programmed in HTML to work in your browser the graphics are simple and it's just mostly the mechanics being programmed in Right, and these are much more like the digitized versions that appear in apps, where rather than having a sort of physics simulator like you would with Tabletopia or Tabletop Simulator, you've just got, you know, your deck of cards or your thing of dice, and those roll automatically, and then they give you a set of pre-programmed 
options or responses to what you can do. Board Game Arena is one example that we mentioned. I'm sure there are others. The selection does tend to be pretty limited just because it's a a purely web-based format as far as I've seen. But there is something to be said for it. I do personally like the digitized versions where you do have things that just happen automatically. I feel like that makes it much more convenient. Whereas, you know, with the Tabletopia model, it's fun to, you know, have little figurines that you can actually move around as though you're playing with a physical board. But it does lead to some imprecision with, you know, if you're trying to put a card back on the on the deck or if you're trying to move something to a specific spot, sometimes it can get finicky. But, you know, those are just real minor playability issues. And uh, the, the board game arena style digitized versions of, of games is, uh, you know, just a, an equally accessible fun model to check out. Yeah, and board game arena also has rankings and that kind of stuff for the players when they're playing a certain game so i know that the community for race for the galaxy is pretty big on there that there's always people going there and there's a lot better matchmaking capability on board game arena than there is on either tabletopia or tabletop simulator so if you really want to play with some random people that is probably one of the best options that you can get and you can also have your friends join and like and figure that out but for the most part it's a really great place to get a quick game in if you want to play a specific game that they already have. And there's almost always someone waiting for games of, of the more popular ones. And I think that they also have robots that you can play against as well. Yeah, definitely. So it's another option. This one's completely free as far as I can tell. And it's in browser so you can play it wherever you have internet. Well, that's been the digital game special for this year. And... We hope that you got something out of it, and we'll be playing some board games with your friends this holiday season, even if you're not together. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dragon's Demise, and be sure to tune in next week for our New Year's special as we take a look back at gaming in the 20th century.